I'd like to thank Rafael for um, having this idea and uh, marketing it and getting everything, uh, the, the poster, the title, everything. Um, so this series of Adin are entitled Great Jewish Life. That was Rafael's name for it. It wasn't mine. Um, and it's a, it's a very good idea to have these series of Vadin that will start today and continue in Mitzvah Hashem uh, for four Tuesdays. The reason why it's important is because a lot of us are in yeshiva now and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing um, in terms of our learning, in terms of our college work, but we also have to have a uh, sort of a roadmap going forward in terms of what we're supposed to be uh, doing after Lander and what are we supposed to be, uh, uh, what's the end game here? After we graduate, then what? Is it, you know, so if we don't think about it, then we're going to sort of have a rude awakening uh, the morning after graduation. If we start thinking about it now, planning accordingly, then uh, it, will be, uh, it will be smart and we'll be able to have a lot of thought before we do it and uh, sort of get our ducks in order and try to make sure that everything that we do is going to be done uh, in the right way. So this, uh, today's uh, class is going to be on the topic of uh, dating, shidduch, and marriage. It's a lot to get done in a half an hour, but we're going to try. Uh, next week we're going to continue on the journey. We're going to discuss career, uh, how to choose a career, um, what to look for in a career, even though you may have already declared your major or uh, you're already finishing your degree perhaps, but it's still, I think, uh, very, very healthy and important to uh, get a broader perspective on the different options and uh, perhaps the right way to go about choosing a career and and actually uh, going for a career. The third uh, class will be about choosing a community when the time comes. And then the fourth uh, session will be about uh, questions and answers, a QA. and a uh, So if you have any questions, we're not going to have time every... Uh, you know, we have a very limited time we want to try to finish before Seder begins, so we don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time with questions in the middle, but maybe it's Kadai if you have any questions, uh, to write them down and just save them for four weeks from now, and uh, we will all, instead of doing it privately after the Vat, and, you know, only you have the benefit of, uh, of hearing what I have to say, uh, then everybody could share and, and, and get the same uh, benefit. Okay, so let's begin. So dating is a very, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an interesting experience for those of you that have begun it or, uh, or are deep into it perhaps. It's very, very uh, difficult. It's a difficult process, dating, and it's something that you really need somebody advising you. It doesn't have to be me, but it could be, a, it could be a, somebody, a Rav, a Rebbe, somebody, a Kailal guy, somebody that you really trust and somebody that uh, has your, your Hashkafas in mind and, your, uh, and, and, and really your best uh, in mind for you. 
And if you don't have it, if you don't have somebody that's really guiding you through this very, very difficult period called dating, uh, it's really bad. It's not like everything else in life, like, okay, you know, I didn't get the best uh, advice when it came to which, uh, which yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael to go to. All right, you know, there's a kapara for that. Uh, I didn't get the best advice in terms of which career to go for. That's always, that you can always uh, fix. But marriage you can't really undo. It's a, it's a very permanent relationship. And you want to make sure that you get it right. And you only get really one chance, l'chatechila, to get it right. So who are you going to for advice? If you go to friends, and I, I remember when I was in yeshiva, quite frankly, I didn't have, like, really... My mashkiach at the time was, like, in his 80s, and I didn't really feel comfortable going over to him and discussing it. So basically a lot of uh, the the advice that I got was from my friends and from my roommates and they're not really such a great source of advice because they're in the same boat as I am. What do they know about what to look for in a girl and what not to look for in a girl and where to, uh, you know, what hashkafas you should be espousing and what you should be looking for. Which, you know, what, if she says something, what does that mean? How do you understand what she said? What do you do about that information? How do you process? You need somebody to be able to at least bounce these ideas off of because if you're just, you know, asking your friends your roommates, like what to do, they don't necessarily know. They've never been married, and they don't know by trial and error what, what's right and what's wrong. So they might be saying, all right, you know what, go for her. If she's pretty, marry her. Okay, that sounds good. You know, like, but that's obviously not the right way to go about it. Or how about this one? You know, just marry a girl that has money. These are, these are terrible pieces of advice, but people say, okay, you know, well, if you have no one to talk to that's mature and, and, and like can see things from, a, from more of an aerial view, it's a, it's, it's a really, really dangerous thing not to have a Rebbe during this process. All right, so let's discuss um, how you know it's time to start dating. Once we've established that marriage is an important thing, which sometimes you have to, you know, discuss that also, because marriage is, uh, the Torah says, it's not good for man to be alone. And we know that. It's a very unhealthy thing for a, a bacher at a certain age to not at least be trying to get married. You can't always get married on the drop of a hat. But, you know, you have to try, because if you're just a bacher and you're not... Um, you're not dating and you're not trying to get married and you're just on your own, then the Sahara has a field day. It's, you know, kiyadua. We don't have to elaborate on that. It's very difficult for every normal, healthy young man to, to not be married. And if you're not married, then you start looking uh, for other ways to, uh, you know, to fulfill those hirurim in one way or another. And that's not none of those are really acceptable. So it is definitely important to get married, and it's not just to avoid uh, you know, bad stuff, but it's also a good thing to get married. It's also very positive. It's nice to have a companion. It's nice to be able to share your life with someone. It's nice to be able to start a family. Uh, so there's, there's a surmeira element to getting married. There's an asetayv element to get married. And it's just the normal right thing to do, but it has to be done at the right time. 
So how do you know when it's the right time? How do you know uh, when to start dating? They asked this question once to Rabbi Bigder Miller, and he had a very interesting answer. How does Yeshua Bachar know? There's no like baskal that comes down and says, okay, now's the time to date. Some people want to start dating when they're 19. We've had guys in Yeshiva that got married or at least started, got engaged when they were 19 years old, believe it or not. Uh, some of them, you know, and then we've had guys 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Like, how do you know? You know when to start. You can't determine necessarily when it's gonna when you're gonna get married, but when do you start dating? So Victor Miller said that the time to start dating perhaps is when you go back to your dorm room and it's not geschmack anymore. You know, there's always those years that you know after high school, maybe in Israel, maybe in the early years of Lander, that you know you're chilling with your friends and you're schmoozing and you're having bull sessions and you're you know. Uh, you're just like on the couch and it's kishmak, like, you know, to talk to shmooz with friends, it's, all, it's, it's fun and it's good. But then there's like a point, like almost like an inner voice that says, all right, chalas, you know, enough. I, 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 this is not fun anymore. It's not cute anymore. I don't really enjoy uh, that much camaraderie with guys and I, I, I feel like I need more. I need something. It's an internal feeling that it's already time to move beyond the years that I'm a Bachar. Bachar, you know, there's nothing nicer in a certain sense than being a Shiva Bachar. But there's a point that all, thing, all good things must come to an end and uh, it's time to move on. And when you have that inner calling, like I think it's already, um, it's enough of being a Bachar. I want to take the next, want to take it to the next level. That would be a good time to at least consider, consider to begin dating. And having said that, just because you might have checked that box that you've had enough of going back to the dorm and you're, you're really ready for the next level, that doesn't mean that, okay, now I'm ready to start dating. There's still a lot of considerations. Um, a few of the uh, considerations are, number one, am I ready? Am I really ready? Am I mature enough to have a relationship and to be married? Marriage is a is a wonderful thing, but it's a it's a very big achrayas. It's a very big uh, responsibility to be married, and then Hashem, to have children. Uh, it's a lot. It's it's a you know it's not it's nice to be able to date. Dating is great, but then the next step of marriage, you have to ask yourself: Am I ready for this? Am I really ready to start? You know, getting an apartment, having a wife, starting to pay bills. Uh, being, you know, that level of maturity and responsibility, am I ready for that? If you feel that you're ready, then you also have to take into account where you're up to in college. If you're just starting college and you want to, you know, you have many years ahead of you and you still have a lot of classes before you can make a parnasa, you have many years and maybe graduate school, so then you have to know, is, is it something that is realistic for me to be married? So if you have financial support, if your parents or, uh, you know, your, your potential in-laws or your potential wife, uh, if, if they have the wherewithal to get you through it and you feel like that's what you want to do, then great. But it's very, you have to know what you're up against. And it's, 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 it gets very expensive and it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy trick to pull off before you have a clear path towards 
graduation. So if let's say you're within the last year or half a year before graduation, you're going to be employable after graduation. You feel like that's what, and you're going to start working. You're going to make a, a salary. So then, you know, once you're within striking distance of graduation, then it's for sure a great idea to start dating, assuming that you're ready. But if you have many, many years ahead, then you have to also start making these calculations of how you're going to be able to pull it off financially. You also have to factor in parents. Sometimes parents, you know, are, are very against their child getting married too early. Um, and I'm not saying that that's an overriding consideration, but it should be a consideration. If you absolutely need to get married and, you know, then there are halachas, you don't have to listen to your parents after a certain age, uh, and you could do your own thing at a certain age, and, 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 and that's fine. But it might not be prudent, and it might not be wise to, like, sort of cut your parents off, and it might not be nice either, for that matter, that, you know, your parents who have raised you and, and, and supported you, and suddenly at the, at the finish line you sort of say to them goodbye, it's not always a good idea on many levels. So it would be nice to be able to make sure that your parents are, you know, in your corner and on board and they have your back uh, financially and morally and uh, emotionally. Very, very important thing to consider. I'm very much an advocate of not ruffling your parents' feathers. It's not, it's not always, obviously, if you feel like it's going to be impossible, I'm never going to get married if I wait for my parents to give me that green light because that's just the way they are and they're very this and that, that's a different discussion. But on a whole, if you can keep your parents happy and on the same page as you, that's definitely, definitely the way to go. So those are a number of considerations to think about um, before you jump into the, this whole parsha called dating. Now that we've begun dating, um, let's talk a little bit about um, how you begin. What's the, uh, what is the process that I actually do? What's, what's the first step? What's the chalais of starting to date? So the first thing that you have to do is write up a resume. And this is something that's uh, a fairly new innovation in the world of Shidochem. When I was dating, I don't remember anyone having a resume. I would get a call from a shadchan, and they would tell me a girl's name, and I would have a, a, a pen, if you know what that is, and then there was like a paper, something that looks like this, and then I would, you know, and you just jot down, like, whatever you can, like, age, date, where she lives, what she's doing, her parents, you know, and if you want to look into it, great, otherwise you just go out, it sounds good, you know, they say the right things, and, and you know, say, fine, uh, you know, how's Tuesday night? But if, uh, but now... The, the, the general, I would say, the not everybody, as far as I know, no matter where you are in the spectrum of, of you know, Modox to, uh, to, to very yeshivish, is, uh, you know, you have a resume. And on the resume, I could give you, a, you know, a, a sample, if I have many samples I could give you, actually. Um, but it basically has, has uh, the boy or the girl's name on top, Maybe a birth date, um, maybe uh, you know an address, a phone number, uh, parents' names, what the parents do, your educational background, um, and then um, and, and and references. References, for example, some of your parents' friends, um, some of your friends, perhaps some rabbeim, 
uh, and that's that's pretty much the resume. Some people like they add to it uh, like a little blurb about what they're looking for, but that's not really necessary. And sometimes it puts people off. It puts you in a very specific box. You don't want to like limit yourself. So if you start writing, you know, I'm looking to uh, you know marry a you know a, a girl of this height and th- and that wants to move to this community and and have this. Don't like it's too. You're boxing yourself in too much. You try to just leave it as general. As you can, and then you know you you give shadchanim um, your resume. Shadchanim is not necessarily an official professional, although it could be. Um, it could be a rabbi, it could be a kailul guy, it could be a friend, it could be uh, one of your parents' friends. And you sort of just get word out there that you're starting to date, and you uh, you send out your resume, um, and then you wait and see what happens. So you will probably get a lot of resumes in return of girls so um, and when you get the resume you uh, you check out the specific girl that you have in front of you and you um, and you check the references and you could check the references that are that are on the resume which you know is the easy thing to do because you have the phone numbers it makes it easy but some people say wait a minute I don't want to check out the girl through the people the references that are on the resume because obviously they're in the tank for for this girl. They they wouldn't put them on the resume if they thought that they were going to give me an honest answer. So sometimes you want to like think outside the box. It obviously takes time, takes networking, but it's probably something that might be could die just to find somebody that maybe um, if she went to a certain seminary in Israel and you have uh, you know you know somebody that went to that seminary or your sister went to that seminary or your cousin of yours went so you give that person a call even though they're not in the resume and try to you know get more of an honest uh, critique of who this person is and you you ask certain questions and I, I'm a reference on many guys resumes and so I get tons of, of calls every single day I would say I get at least one or two calls a day sometimes more and sometimes less, but a lot of times more. And um, so I hear like the gamut of, of questions. And uh, the smartest question of all the questions is after you're done here getting you know all the barrage of the standard questions, uh, there's always one question that I'm dreading, and that's okay, Rabbi Vemiger, is there anything that I'm not asking that I don't want to hear? Because then you know, then your guilty conscience starts coming. You know, bubbling up like, uh oh, now I got to say about the fact that they, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z reason that I was, tr- I was hoping that you know they wouldn't bring up. But that's the that's the basic process. Um, you know, there's an interesting uh, movement afoot called Nix the Picks. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically a lot of girls' resumes. I don't think guys have to put a picture on a resume. It's a double standard, um, but. It's definitely a guy's world in Shidduchim. There's no question about it. Guys, you know, have a hundred resumes, and a girl is lucky if she gets one or two because it's very. There's a lot more good girls than good guys out there. So there's a, you know, it's a supply and demand issue. But girls, a lot of times recently, like in my day, there was no resume and there was also no pictures. I didn't send pictures. There was no email. There was no. There was a homing pigeon, but there was no email. And um, 
So basically, you had to like find yearbooks. Like it was very big to get yearbooks of certain schools. Like to see if you wanted to see the picture, that's how you that's how you do. It. I think people still do that because I know that girls in high school in the senior class, like they before that yearbook day when they're taking pictures, they get their you know there's a beautician that comes to the school and they get you know they do their hair, they do the makeup, everything because you know it's understood that this is going to be uh, looked at, but. There, there was a, you know, a lot of people send pictures with their resumes, and then Rabbanim, you know, felt that it wasn't appropriate. So now there's a big movement not to put pictures with a resume, but it's, you know, that's that's already there is a lot to be said for not looking at a picture because it's it is very superficial, and a lot of times uh, it doesn't give really a good, you know, sometimes you would maybe it wouldn't be a good picture and you'd say okay I'm not interested but if you see the person in real life you you know you see she's actually a lot more attractive and she has more chain than the picture could ever really uh, show so there is a reason not to but on the other hand we're human beings we want to you know we sort of want to like not have to go out too much with too many people and wear ourselves out so having some sort of uh, picture sometimes could be helpful that's of course very personal and it's, it's really up to you Okay, so once you're actually uh, about to date, you also have to figure out your ashkafa. And some people say, well, I don't really have ashkafa. I'm very ahashkafic. Like, I don't, I don't know what I am. I don't know. How do I define Am I tsiayni? Am, uh, am I in the Turekarto? I don't know exactly what I am. Am I, am I Agoda? Am I, am I Mizrahi? Am I why you from? You know, why you off the derech? Like, what, what am I? So, Mahmir, I don't know, there's so many different labels, like, what am I? So, you have to, when you start dating, you don't need a, a, a firm hashkafa, but you have to, like, sort of, like, make up a hashkafa for yourself, in a sense. Like, try to, like, sort of, it's, like, it's crunch time. Like, you need to somehow develop some sort of vague hashkafa, just so that you're not sitting there like a blob, like, she has to figure out, like, what in the world you are. So you have to figure out, like, sort of, like, be comfortable, you know, describing yourself. You could say, I'm not really sure, but, like, you have to, you sort of, sort of have, like, a, some sort of hashkafa uh, to, to present when you're dating, just to make yourself more of a gavra, sort of. Um, and this is probably the most important part of what we're going to be speaking about today, and that's what to look for in, in a girl. Um, and I'd say, you know, if there are any girls watching this, it's definitely, uh, it definitely cuts both ways. Um, first of all, a person should have your shamayim. Very, very important for a, for a person to be genuinely from. Now, it's very hard to know who is genuinely from, right? You know, it's really hard. A person could fake it. Uh, they could bench in front of you for 25 minutes and then, like, you know, and then after you're married, who knows if they're going to, you know, bench at all. You just don't know. But you have to hope that, you know, if you check the references out and they seem legit and they seem genuine, you, you know, you would like to believe that you can sort of figure that out. Um, but your Shemaim is very, very important, obviously. But maybe more important than your Shemaim, obviously, need your Shemaim, but the most important thing to look for in a girl is if she's happy. I don't mean like, you know, like, you know, pie in the sky, like Pollyannish happy. I mean like, but she has a genuine Simcha Sachayim. 
and you know she's happy with what you're saying she's happy with where you're taking her she's not always complaining like the second she comes into the room has to right away say it's freezing in here or it's it's boiling in here if you if if that's like the the first thing that you hear from her every every you know then you have to consider whether or not that you know that that might be a simon that you know to, to that it might not be the right person because it might be underlying a, a more basic problem that a person doesn't really have a happy um, a happy uh, way of looking and perceiving life a graciousness, a happiness a, a, a joyfulness that is really hard, is very important to get through life with, you need life is not always easy, there's going to be good times in life and there will be bad times in life and you need a partner that's going to be able to together get through both and so you have to make sure that the person is happy, positive, optimistic, kind, and attractive. It's important to marry somebody that's attractive. She doesn't have to be uh, you know, gorgeous. And sometimes if they're very, very, very pretty, it gets to their head and there's other problems. But it definitely should be somebody that's attractive to you. It's not something that should, you know, you're not supposed to, as a friend of mine said, I don't want to walk into my house every day backwards. You know, you should be attracted to your wife. You should be, you know, looking forward to seeing her. It's a very important thing um, within within reason. Family is definitely an important factor. Um, and, uh, you know, funny, clever, somebody that you hit it off with, somebody that you enjoy their company. You like being with them. You like spending time with them. You don't... Um, you know, you, you, that's something. These are things that are very, very important ingredients to, uh, to look for in a girl or in a boy if you're a girl. Now, um, I mentioned before about money, and that's a very, very hot-button topic because, you know, there are mileists to money. Money is a, is a, is a really good thing to have. The flip side, poverty is really bad. I don't know if money is good, but poverty is bad. So if you, know, if you can find a girl that is herself, let's say, you know, going for a good career and will be able to help with the, with the load of Parnassa, which is, Parnassa is very, very hard to do today, it's very, and it's a very expensive life. A Jewish person, a from Jewish person... Uh, today has to be earning a lot of money to live basically. I'm not talking about living the lifestyles of the rich and famous. A basic from person has to, I don't know, when I, years ago when I used to tell guys about this type of thing, it was the number was like maybe $40,000 a year. It's probably considerably more today after you factor in insurance and schooling and, um, and rent and car if you're going to have a car. Uh, there are certain fixed costs, and then food and uh, you know clothing and uh, utilities. Before you know it, you're you're looking at a lot of money. So it's always helpful, obviously, if you can have somebody that would be able to at least partner with you and, and help you out. If not the girl and the girl's parents, uh, that's always a nice idea. It's not a ma'akiv. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't walk away from your thinking that I'm advocating only marrying girls with money. I'm not. If you can find a great girl and she doesn't have money, then you can marry her and you should marry her just the same. But having said that, it doesn't hurt. But sometimes it could hurt. 
which means that I think the stipler is quoted as saying that if you marry a girl for money, you end up earning every penny. Sometimes if you marry a very, a very wealthy person, then you sort of become an Evid Ivry to, to the family, to the father-in-law, and they expect you. They're paying all your bills. They're, so they expect you to shteltsuda them, to have like uh, the utmost of, you know, you should be respecting your in-laws regardless, but, you know, they're going to tell you where to, lo- where to live and, uh, and how to live and, and what to do and what not to do, and that could get sometimes a little annoying. So it all depends on, on the family, on the people involved, um, and it's something to consider. Money is, is, is a very good thing. It's a powerful thing, and it's, uh, it's not a bad thing. You don't have to dafka avoid it, but you have to be very careful with it. it. It has very good elements, and it has very dangerous elements, and every single situation has to be uh, really evaluated with, with das taira and make sure that it's the right shidduch, and it's not going to throw you off of your game, whether it's in terms of your plans to learn, or your plans to be keveitim, or your plans to live in a certain community, which we'll be talking about in Mitzvah Hashem in the third vad. And um, so that's basically uh, basically the story about about money. Um, the actual shidduch date is... Uh, is, is a very interesting thing. In the olden days, we used to make a first phone call. Today, that sort of fell out of favor. I think mostly people, they just have the shadch and arrange exactly the time and the place to pick the person up. And, uh, and then you have to figure out where to go. There are, I think, from websites, I think Macomos, I think, is one of them. But there, there, there are definitely, you could just ask your friends, like, where's, where do you take a girl on a date? Guys that are dating, they all know they'll be able to give you either lounges or restaurants or, or nice places to go, seasonal places in the summer and the winter where to go. And that's, uh, that's and you should definitely plan ahead before you actually go out. It's important to, uh, you can't, you shouldn't go out and, like, do it on the fly. I don't know, you have any ideas? Where you have to, like, try to, figure it out beforehand because otherwise it looks like you're a schlock. It looks like you know you didn't take it wasn't important enough for you to take the date seriously that you had a plan where to take her. Um, how to dress on a date is very uh, very important also. Uh, and that's again it, it really runs the gamut. Some people, Yeshiva Bachim, they dress like they would with Big Day Shabbos because it's an important thing. It doesn't mean every date, but the first few dates when you see a girl for the first time you should be presenting yourself as Yeshiva Bacher. If you wear a suit, if you wear a tie, white shirt, if you wear a hat, wear that. Um, and, you know, because it's important. This is who she's seeing you for the first time. It's, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And this is the first impression. But even if you're saying, ah, it's not, I don't want to date that way. That's, that's for right-wingers. I want to just be casual. I want, and that's fine. But you have to be clean. Somebody downstairs uh, in, one, in one of the offices told me, please, Rabbi Bamberger, tell the boys on, that they have to shave before they date and they have to wear clean, clean, nice, clean clothing because a lot of guys, they don't. They just like, go out. You know, If it's Tuesday, they already have like a four-day stubble. Uh, they didn't bother to take the trouble to, uh, to shave before the date or they wore the same shirt from Shabbos, still has grape juice here and cholent there. Um, so wear like put on a nice clean start shirt. Look your best. It's very important to present yourself in the best way possible. Um, sometimes you pick up a girl from her house. 
then you have to play ping pong with the parents. You know, I don't mean the game. I mean, you know, mother has the question, father has the question. You like look back and forth. You just want to get out of there. Um, but that is one way. Some people they don't you don't meet the parents until later. The girl just flies out of the house and slams the door right behind you. She doesn't want you to see her parents for some reason. Um, sometimes they say you know pick me up from this apartment, Stern College, whatever it is, wherever Toro Lander College for Women, whatever it is. That's you know and um, that is uh, it's all good. In terms of the trajectory of dating, uh, so the first date or two is just a vague you know general date you don't like get too specific and ask her two pointed questions just like more to more of a meet and greet get comfortable see if there's anything to talk about if there's any chemistry attraction hopefully there will be and you're supposed to go into a date assuming that you know assuming that it's good and then unless unless it's not good not assuming it's not going to be good and you know waiting you know for her to like wow you in order to get a second date. She always or Schwab used to say you're supposed to ring the doorbell assuming that this is your kala. If it doesn't work out that way for some reason then it doesn't work out but it shouldn't be the opposite. It's not like you know like expecting um, nothing and like unless you know she's guilty and she's uh, guilty until proven innocent. It should be the opposite. Um, and so the first few dates, you keep it sort of power of, you don't want to give any major personal information about yourself to somebody that you might not ever be seeing again, ever, and, and then she has that information, she could use it, you know, and tell other people about it. That would not be wise. So you just keep it very neutral, very power, very nice, very personal, warm, but not, not sharing too much uh, information that could, you know, that you'd be embarrassed about, uh, should it not work out, um, and then, as the as the dating continues, if you if you give another a yes to a first date and she gives a yes, then you know the shatran will arrange when the second date will be, and then a third date, and then a fourth date. And as you're going more and more down this journey, so you should be you know getting closer, and eventually you should be segueing from uh, you know from from uh, me, I'm going here, and eventually it will be we. You know where are we going? Uh, you know on Chalamai. Where when are in that. And then with these subtleties and assuming everything is going well, then eventually, Mitz Hashem, it should, uh, it should go in the place that you, uh, that you daven that it goes. The fourth date is a, is, a, is a very important date because it sort of is generally when you would drop the Shadchan, uh, which means that not that you take the Shadchan to a cliff, to, you know, but uh, sometimes you want to, but you know, to drop the shalach means basically that at the end of that date, assuming that the date went well, you basically say to the girl, "How about you know, would it, would it be all right if I call you directly?" And she's expecting that, assuming it's going well, and hopes hopefully she'll also want to give you her number or whatever and agree to that. But it's pretty embarrassing when she says, "No, I think we're going to hold on to the shalach a little bit longer." Thank you very much. That and that happens a lot, by the way. You shouldn't feel bad, and by the way, you shouldn't feel bad at all. A lot of times, guys come to me and like a girl says no to them after a first date or after a second date or chasu after like a tenth date. That's that it gets worse. But you know, don't feel bad. It's not a. This is not a referendum on how great a person you are, how nice you are, how good looking you are. It's just a chemistry thing. It's just a. It's just a shidduch thing. It's like you. She might think you're an amazing person, just not for her. She doesn't feel that they're that you're her her husband, future husband, or or vice versa. 
don't like get depressed, even though you thought that this was it, and you you know you were so happy and you were so elated and, and and optimistic. And then she said, no, it's hurtful, but don't let it get to you because it's not that's not what shidduchim is all about. This isn't like a, a high school prom type of thing that you know. It's just it's just basically it's a it's more. I don't want to say business, but it, it's it's sort of more. It should be more of a formality until you get deeper into the relationship than a than than something that should make you feel good or bad uh, based on whether you should feel good. Obviously, if you get a second date, third date, and she likes you, but if she for whatever reason says no, don't take that personally. It's not a rejection about you. It's it's just she doesn't see it. So you know she might be wrong, but she doesn't see it. So you have to respect that. Don't like start calling her, harassing her. What's wrong with me? Why don't I, you know? Like, step away from her. You know, step away from the from from the girl. Like, just you know. Okay. Um, when you when the shadchan when you're like speaking to the shadchan in between, and let's say you want to say no, don't tell the shadchan. Uh, specifically, well, you know, I don't, I didn't want to go out with her again because X, Y, Z reason. It's not really. You don't have to like trash the girl. The girl, you know, wants to get dates from that shalchan also in the future. So just say it's not shayach. You don't have to like tell the shalchan lashonara about the girl when it's really not nageya. And then they're going to the shalchan. Well, I really need to know. No, you don't need to know. Everything is good. She's an amazing girl. Thank you so much for thinking of me. It's just not Shayach. You don't have to like say specific reasons. It's really not your place to trash a girl, just like it's not her place to trash a guy. That's what I feel. Um, and that's basically that's basically the progression. The progression of dating is that it's not it's not like you go out on ten or fifteen or twenty first dates and then you get engaged. It's basically as the more that you go out, it's sort of snowballing. The relationships, the emotions, the the sharing, the communication should be getting greater and greater as you go. And as it's building and it's moving me'elov that there's something here, then eventually, you know, you'll be discussing getting engaged and getting married. And then your parents will have to meet at one point, and uh, maybe you know because you get to meet the girls' parents a lot. More quicker than the girl gets to meet uh, your parents, and the parent your parents would maybe you know really want to meet the girl, and understandably so. So then you'll make an arrangement that you know one day you'll go out there for for dinner or a barbecue, whatever, and meet them in an informal way. And then when you're about to get engaged, so then the parents would meet uh, to get to know each other, get comfortable with each other, uh, talk finances, perhaps. Um, you know who's gonna you know pay for the vart, pay for the wedding, uh, beyond the wedding, rent, etc. If there, if that, if that's necessary, and that's all part of it. And then mitzvahim, you get engaged, you have a, a, a lachayim, a vart, uh, you start preparing a, for a chasna, you get an apartment, and uh, but all of the finances really, I don't want to like dwell on finances, but it's very important to get them sort of understood and transparent. Early on, because if you're just assuming, well, you know, her parents are much wealthier than my parents, of course, there's no of course. It has to be spoken out, and it's very uncomfortable. It shouldn't be spoken out between you and the girl. It should be spoken out either the shadchan with the respective parents or the respective parents with each other. But the the boy and the girl should not be really involved in the minutia of these types of details. It's really not, they should just be enjoying each other's company and and dreaming and and trying to live, uh, you know. Trying to prepare for life ahead. 
And then um, in marriage itself, we're not going to have time to uh, to really get into all of the shalom bayis issues that are that that come up in marriage, and it's probably not the forum for it anyway. But suffice it to say, in Hashem, when you get engaged, whenever that day is, uh, I give a chasen shmuz uh, to whoever wants it. It's a private one-on-one thing, and it's uh, about forty-five minutes long. And I, I I try to speak out, you know, all of the the potential issues that may arise in a relationship and how to, un, how to circumvent it, how to deal with it, how to tackle it, and different help, helpful tips to how to navigate the sometimes choppy seas of marriage. Um, but that's really not for, for now. That's not really Nagea to Bachram. Uh, but again, just to give a, a brief summary, marriage is a very good thing. Uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us gamma on marriage. Uh, it's, it's good, positive, because you want companionship, you want a relationship, you want to grow with somebody in Avedis Hashem. Uh, it's also very good in terms of avoiding Yetzirah and other pitfalls that Bachrim uh, very often, if not always, have. Uh, so it's a good thing, but it has to be done in the right time. It has to be done with the right guidance. And and the, the more that you're able to have somebody that you can really talk to, I'm always available, but I know that you know, there are many, many people out there that are, but you have to make sure the person that you're going to is somebody that you can rely on, that you feel is normal, that you feel has your best interest at heart, and, and that you feel is going to give you very sound advice that fits with your, your destiny. Don't go to friends, roommates for advice. Go to people that are that have been around the block a few times that know how to how to get through this uh, this part of your life, and uh, and then once you're in it and you go to the right shadchanim and emitz Hashem, uh, you get the right names. And sometimes you'll have multiple resumes. You have to choose which one to go out with first, and that's another uh, part of the decision making process that you should have somebody to consult with. But you have to. And the, the most important thing is really to daven. Davening is uh, the major, major component. We're going to get up to all the parshias, uh, how the Avis and Eliezer and Avram, and how they all daven for Shidduchim. And, and when you have tefillah, uh, tefillah is such a major component in life in general, but specifically when it comes to dating, when it comes to finding the right person, never daven takadish barchu. And this is, I think, also from the stipler. Never daven that this girl, you know, let's say you go out with a girl, you really like this girl a lot, you say, Hashem, make it that I should marry this girl. Don't do that, because you don't know that that girl is really the right girl for you. She seems today to be the right girl, but you don't know her. And if Hashem, you know, feels that it's not the right one for you, you don't want to force his hand to make it for you. So you want to just daven with the following sort of uh, formula, with the following, you just say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if this is the right girl, then make it go smoothly. Make it go easily, make it go smoothly. If it's the right girl, I don't know if it's the right girl. And a lot of times we think that a certain girl is the right girl and then it doesn't work out and then you'll go out with a different girl down the road and you'll say, thank God that that first girl didn't work out because it would have been awful. So sometimes, like in retrospect, you see that what you thought was the right girl was not the right girl. 
So you have to daven takadosh baruch always, starting now, even if you're not even remotely considering dating yet. But certainly if you if you are, and certainly if you're already in the parasha, you should daven to the rabbi Shalom that you should have the siyat deshmaya to get read to the right girl, and that when the right girl comes along, then you should be able to have clarity and you should have a smooth road in terms of getting through all the many potential obstacles that could stand in the way of Shidduchim. And in Hashem, um, you should all have a lot of siyat deshmaya uh, in this process. And in Hashem, we will meet next Tuesday and discuss uh, how to choose a career.